fullback belly. Three tight ends, including Habner. Kuhn is the fullback with the first and goal. Kuhn gets the ball. Pile Welcome to the Fantasy Fullback Dive, brought to you by the good people at the Roto Street Journal, paving your way and acting as your lead blocker to fantasy glory, excellence, championships, and man, it's almost here. The preseason has rumbled basically to a close, and September 8th is the date that is circled on everybody's calendar, when I believe we have, what, the Rams and the Bills? Is that right? What a way to kick it off, huh? (laughs) Yeah, crazy shit, and we're excited and we want to basically give you uh, the takeaways. I think there's like 20 of them that the Wolf's been cracking into uh, from this NFL preseason. And they're actually more takeaways than I was expecting. I thought, ah, 20, that's a stretch. Nah, they're all legit. You're going to be happy you heard them. I'm your host, Nat The Truth Jones. With me, as always, the Wolf of Roto Street himself. Wolf, are you getting you getting a little itchy? You getting you getting that feeling in your gut? You ready? <laughs> Feeling in other places too, truth, of course. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Happy well, we'll talk. PG 13 show. <laughs> exactly. Got to keep it there. Uh, but after we go through these 20 takeaways, and they are as a preview, the whole preseason. So if you haven't watched a single second of preseason action, there's so many. Uh, me and you have been talking about this shit since like February, but there's so many people out there that just don't pick up anything until the day before their draft. If you fall in that bucket, you've paid no attention to anything that's happened this preseason. Yeah. This is a great spot. Welcome on in. Come join. This is all the 20 most important things that have changed from that magazine you probably bought and you're looking through right now. These are the biggest changes to go. But yeah, I mean, I am just so beyond excited, Truth. I cannot wait. (laughs) You're going to be glad you listen to this podcast either way, but especially if you're somebody who's not been following the preseason. Like this is is legit. This is legitimate good stuff. Um, I've read over the agenda like two or three times and uh, it's, it's awesome. It's like getting almost like an addendum to the Wolf's uh, draft guide, uh, which by the way, it's for sale folks. Hey, it's up there. $20 gets you my projections, my auction prices, all my round by round targets, fades, rotostreetjournal.com slash draft dash guide. You want to learn more and buy it. It means the world too. It just is a way to support the site, help us continue to do the vast majority of what we do for free it would be huge. So that support would be great. It will also get you wildly caught up. A lot of what we talk about right now, I have to now put into the guide for an update. That's the best part of the guide is it does come out updated on Wednesdays. I'll be releasing my next version of it. And after this, there might be a surprise roster cut or two, but I think we are largely in the clear from like this being the firmest locked in values the rest of the preseason unless it's a crazy injury in practice or something of that so you can unless there's something nuts like like a shooting or something like maybe a trace that could affect something like that (laughs) yes seriously but that's just downright nutty i that that happened literally right before my draft i had just bought him in an auction draft (laughs) i that was like my big money spend up for the bench i had like five bucks i could buy, buy one player for five bucks and that was my max go all in. And then literally not a second later, I got the tweet, Brian Robinson. And not obviously that's far less of a concern than him. Right. I struggle with this. Health. It's like, obviously, I, I want the guy to be okay. I want him to live. I want him to be able to play football and all that. And at the, yes. same, and at the same time, like assuming he ends up being okay. 
And it's, it seems like he is. We'll talk pretty, about him shortly. Pretty funny <laughs> stuff, like, you know, to have drafted him and then get the alert on your phone, like, 30 seconds Right later, after, exactly. But, yeah. Anyway. Come on let's in. Move we'll on. Let's go. Those two drafts at the end of the show. But as we get into there, that oh, thumbs yeah. up Give button thumbs does up. continue to help us grow, get out to more people, get all your questions in, get the comment, the chat's going. I love how you guys always interact with each other in the chat before me and Truth can get to all your draft day questions. I see our man Frazier, you know, rate my teams. I kind of hate those questions, but I'm still happy to do it. Uh, so get that on in there. I'm happy to, you know, give you a grade, give you a team. If you're going to watch us from across the pond. Yes, we'll, you're we'll in the right. Team. And we'll I know Frazier buys our guide every year. So if you're buying the guide, I will gladly grade your team uh, for free. So thanks we got a again. lot of folks watching I saw right him now already. Pop up. We, it was a very, like, just, moving weekend of draft guide sales i was very very pleased and just humbled to see how many people just came right in and bought it um and all the feedback so far has been like this is the best i've ever read and and i take their word for it not mine i'm just so happy that people are finding value from it and, and feel that 20 bucks is worth it so give it a look again draft grocerydrill.com slash draft dash guide will get you i think the best thing up there. last time we were on the air we did the auction spectacular show uh jason young who's watching us just put in the comments when's your next auction video i got a lot of really really positive feedback from people we did on too the yeah show. if you do so, auction drafts and you missed that one definitely go hit that one i just think this whole month all our content's been on fire whether it's me and you doing a fire show together we've had some of the best guests we're getting ready, baby. Us yeah. fantasy fans. And we'll fill you in soon on what our regular schedule is going to be for the season because the Wolf and I are going to be going at least a couple times a week together. Oh, yeah. Oh, All right. Let's, let's get into it. In. Let's talk preseason. Number one, Damian Pierce. He was, the, I would say, the superstar of the preseason. Um, you know, he's – the hype train was going before the preseason even started, and he's lived up to it. And I think Marlon Mack just got the boot. Isn't that correct? Absolutely. Everything has just gone the right way. They haven't even named him the starter, but come on, that's just a coach. I don't know why not. Everything's been perfect. Week one, highest graded rookie runner, uh, not even rookie runner, running back in general, highest rushing grade from pro football focus in week one. Doesn't even play week two, getting that resters start. I've never seen that from a fourth round rookie running back. Never mind. It was just beautiful. So you get the, the starters rest in week two. And then week three, what does he do? Plays every single snap in the first drive, including third downs, goes six carries, 37 yards, and a touchdown. Decisive, explosive, dangerous. I mean, so shifty. All the things you loved about him coming out of college. The only thing that you didn't love about him coming to college is he didn't handle a big workload, only 106 touches, but he was so damn effective. He scored a touchdown on nearly seven touches. That was all it took. He averaged a touchdown every seven touches. That is just insane efficiency fourth and Graham barfield's yards uh created after everything just everything about the guy popped in terms of efficiency he just wasn't getting the work and now there's nothing there's truly not even merlin mack is in his way uh to just getting 250 touches you know this reminds me of truth and it's not just because they're texans running backs give it to me it was way back in the day and this guy won me a league i will love him forever but it's Arian Foster. I and knew I you were going to say Arian Foster. Well before the hype storm started in the preseason, we drafted really early that year, and I just he crushed my Patriots the year before. I was like, this guy really could start here. He looked really good in the one time I saw him start last year. I'm going to go for it in round 10. Why not? By the end of the preseason, he was going round four to five, six range. And that was um, way too low. And it ended up he scored like 25 touchdowns was the best player in fantasy, so that still was too low. Now, I don't think Damian Pierce has an Arian Foster 20-touchdown season, but I'm also saying you know, just because it's like I was getting this guy a pick 140 a month ago, 
just because I was getting him so cheap doesn't mean I'm going to stop taking him because his price has gone up. There is a, a point, the cutoff point. I'm not taking him over Allen Robinson or Gabe Davis or some of those just blow up wide receivers. But as a third running back in round six, if he's sitting there, I still love the guy and I'm not worried about the price explosion. People know, people know, people are on notice because in my auction, like that was the guy I was saving a few bucks to try to, I mean, I had a short stack by the end and I was like, all right, I'm going to try to get this guy for a few bucks if I can, you know, where it was late. And there was a massive bidding war between the two guys with the big stacks for him. I mean, he went for like 20 bucks. Oh my God. Yeah. And that's, what's going to happen. And he's probably, he very well could pay that off. Like it's not crazy. That's what the kind of main point is here is, yeah, just because he was so cheap. If you did an auction four weeks ago, you probably would have gone for a dollar. Like, yeah, no, well, and I was hoping that <laughs> I was hoping I could get him for just a little more but, than that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The preseason superstar, the biggest single riser, but not far behind him is number two. Number two, George Pickens. This guy did go for a dollar in my league. The real he, deal. In yes. mine too. So that's, you know, maybe he's not quite on the radar as many people think, but yes. I wanted him. I was at the point where I had like five spots to fill and I had five dollars. So okay. if I if you know in that that's brutal. Like you you hope that your dollar walks. And right. I, he's someone else nominated him. I couldn't do anything about it. Yeah. It's frustrating. He's the real deal and he's quite possibly the Steelers wide receiver too behind Deontay Johnson. Johnson actually got a little dinged up recently. Doesn't seem like it's going to be too serious. Um but talk about George Pickens. You've been raving about this guy for a long time. Oh, man, like just coming into the league this year, if he had played through his senior season, he might have been a top 15 pick, might have been the number one rookie in this draft class. He just, when he was out there, flashed the absolute man qualities. And he has walked onto an NFL field and continued against the higher level competition to look like the absolute man. I know they don't get you fantasy points, but look no further than the fact that he has hummed two cornerbacks on two different teams straight to hell, choke slam them, big kick block style stuff. That's the things coaches love. That's going to keep him on the field on every single possession. So, yeah, no, you don't get a fancy point quite there, but he'll play in two receiver sets. He has been all preseason ahead of Chase Claypool right now because of that blocking prowess. Never mind the fact that he has a Randy Moss style, his first NFL action huge 25-yard toe-tapping, beautiful touchdown right in the back corner of the end zone. He's made highlight plays. He's been labeled the star of Steelers camp, and every single time he's been out there, he has shown he has more X experience. Like, of anyone in this class, Matt Harmon, a great reception perception guy, he said this was the most pro-ready X receiver in this class. The only negatives was the la- the injuries and the lack of time leading into the draft. But clearly, it's not slowing him down. We've seen him on the field just dominating time and time again, whether it's the practice reports or actually in games. I love the guy, and I, I think he's an absolute steal anywhere after pick 100. Another guy that we really, really liked, and we've already alluded to him quite a bit in this pod. And this happened in the very small window after the Wolves draft and before my draft yeah, on Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> and and I am reading he's been released from the hospital, so I, we can chuckle a little bit. Obviously, it's still terrible. Um, Brian Robinson, great running back prospect for Washington, who did make the 53-man roster. No surprise there. We were speculating this guy's going to be breathing down the neck of Antonio Gibson. We thought that Gibson's value was in the toilet as a result. Um, and that maybe has changed because Brian Robinson got shot twice in the lower body. I don't know what that means. I don't know if like one of his legs is going to be really messed up or if they're flesh wounds or what, 
But regardless, you get shot a couple times, you know, that's going to affect you detrimentally as a football player, at least for a while. Yeah, that, that certainly should be the expectation. Thankfully, like you mentioned, we, we can kind of take not jokey tone because obviously it's terrifying for yeah. him and his family. It was a robbery attempt. Through, but he has been released from the hospital. They're optimistic he's going to play. And actually, they, they made him on the initial 53-man roster, which suggests that it could be even within the first few weeks of the season. They made him on that active roster, so they can now put him on the IR. Maybe he only misses about you know yeah. four weeks or so. So who knows right now? It's all speculative as to when he will come back. It was looking like he had taken over throughout the preseason, the starting role. Week two, he started after in week one, going six attempts for 26 yards, a touchdown, also hauling in two catches for 15 yards, and just significantly outplaying Antonio Gibson in camp. On the field, he gets the start, looks decent, eight for 31, rumbling. He's just a bulldozer of a player. They're saying he's impressive as a pass catcher as well. Everything leading up to this guy being the guy you want out of the commander's backfield until he gets shot, as you mentioned. So what does this mean? Well, again, it it all depends on how long he's going to be out. But until he's back, Gibson's right back into the role that he was the running back six last year in. Uh, You know, it's it's (laughs) I'm looking at it here. Fourth in rush attempts and total running back opportunities. Sixth in rushing yards. Ninth in total touchdowns. Sixth most red zone attempts. Inside the 10, also top six. And he was seventh inside the five, so right at the stripe. That was the worry that Robinson, who's been hyped as like the bull and, you know, Ron Rivera talking about how just downhill and powerful he is, that he was going to take that work. Until he's back, Gibson's got that role back. And so he could start the season real hot. This gives him a chance to potentially reclaim the starting role. And even when Robinson comes back, let's say Gibson's so impressive over these first few weeks how could you turn it over just despite the preseason action? This really does open the door for Gibson to be relevant again. And anybody that was drafting him on the discount, like I think you clearly got bailed out because like who could have expected a player to get shot? But you got bailed out, and he might have an impressive start and never look back. So Gibson definitely rose. He's about 80 or so on my big board, which even feels a little bit low. It's just a matter of can we get any clarity on how long Robinson's going to be out? Well, Jason Young, who's been commenting – in the in the comment section, he says he's already back in the Washington facility. It was a lower leg and glute. He will probably be back around week six or seven if everything goes right. So, that, yeah, that's something. Also, I just wanted to point out, you know, you had all these great string of experts over the last two, three weeks or whatever. And you would do the rapid fire, no huddle questions, which I always really enjoyed on all those. And, you know, everybody, one of your questions, which I really liked was like, whose values gone down the most in the preseason? And Pretty much across the board, everyone's like Antonio Gibson. Yeah, Some guy even answer. said, I'm not going to say that because it's too easy. Exactly. So, right. I mean, and now here we are. We're like, oh, Antonio Gibson, stock up. Who'd have thunk Rare it? stock up. <laughs> Took yep. a shooting. You see how the, it was terrible, but people like putting memes like Antonio Gibson had yeah. the gun. And then somebody comments, he would have fumbled it anyways. And just like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, a bunch yeah, of sickos so, in this industry. Some real sickos. That we're trying sure. to break into. <laughs> Number Alrighty. four, Sony Michelle released. Man, this guy's had a roller coaster of a career, huh? Yeah. Uh, this obviously sends Chase Edmonds to the moon. Another guy I wanted in my auction was unable to get him. I wanted him as my running back three. Someone else wanted him more. Uh, this also improves Raheem Mostert's stock a little bit um, with Michelle out of the picture. Yeah, Edmonds has looked great. He only played in one preseason game. It was in week two. He had 77% of the snaps, 60% of the attempts, ran around 88% of the dropbacks. 
he was clearly going to do all the passing down work and a good amount more of the running work. And now the guy, the one worry I had of this three-headed nightmare was Michelle's the bigger guy. He might steal the touchdowns, take some of the short yardage work. But now that he's gone, that's probably going to go to Edmonds. Maybe some of it goes to Mostert, but he's like a you know a frail little sports car. You don't probably want to be jamming him up the middle and taking some of those big hits. And maybe Gaskin gets in there a little bit. But this can be nothing but a huge positive for Chase Edmonds and also Mostert. We mentioned him. This also opens up. You know Mike McDaniels likes a committee coming over from the 49ers. You know he knows how to use Mostert. He's going to be the clear number two here to Chase Edmonds. But to me, it's just that much clearer. Chase Edmonds featured back, hammer him. He does have injury concerns, though. So now Mostert will be the well, clear. Well, Mostert to to. is the king of injury concerns. Oh, the, I mean, exactly. Mostert's going to give you a strong, strong game and a half. <laughs> That's why we call him the sports car, though. I mean, when he's out there, two of the last, you know, uh, from the last five years, he's got two of the fastest ball carrier speeds at over 22 miles per hour. Tyree Kill tied him for the other two. So, I mean, he is a rocket. Out of there, he has 70 yard touchdown upside in him any given week. And best ball, that's a nice thing to have. Like, you, you don't need to get it right when he's in your lineup in best ball, you just get the points when he rips off. That no, but he does have touchdown. to be healthy and playing football, exactly. And that's, of course, the big if. But as of now, it's looking like he's healthy. They, you can't, you got to imagine truth. They wouldn't have released Michelle if they had any concerns about Mostert's longevity. How could, how could you not have concerns, though? Like, I mean, I, I hear what you're saying. How could any rational human not have concerns about of his course. durability? And I'm sure they do in that sense. But I just mean his availability for week one. Because he hasn't been playing in the preseason. That's just probably keeping him sure. a bubble wrap. I mean, some people were speculating, is he hurt? Are they worried about his week one availability? You have to feel a lot better about that. They would not have released Michelle until they felt good. But I fully good. expect him to be ready for week one. Week two? I don't know. <laughs> Week two, who knows? <laughs> right. All right, let's go to number five. Rojo, CJ's boy. CJ's Ronald Jones boy. returns, hurting the Lips. stock of all the Chiefs running backs, especially uh, Pacheco. Speaking of Chiefs running backs, there's one team in my league uh, after the auction who's his top two running backs, Brees Hall, Clyde Edwards, Hilaire. Have you ever heard a grosser? Running back duo, like as your top two guys. That's pretty horrible. I mean, mean, are his receivers at least filthy? Like, not as filthy, not filthy enough to, not not filthy enough to justify that backfield. Like, if I had, you know, Cup and Jefferson out of an auction and those were my backs, I'd be okay with it. Yeah, you'd still feel kind of gross, though. Of course. Rolling those guys out every week. So, I mean, CEH is, uh, in theory, the top of this Kansas City running back totem pole, and he's still gross. And exactly. And I was actually coming out of the preseason a bit higher on CEH than I entered. I'm still on the, like, I've had the experience. I had it his rookie year. I haven't wanted to go back. It didn't burn me last year. Not going back. Probably won't burn me this year. But if Ronald Jones was released, he did have a path. He was playing all of the short down and distance work. He was starting about you know 70% or so snap share when Pat Mahomes was on the field. It was looking like he was going to be the quote unquote big back, the early down guy that could catch an occasional pass or two. Yeah. And that would have been and, and that would have been fine. But if Rojo's here, if Rojo is now going to be the short yards back, and they cited being very impressed with his tough running in week three of the preseason being the reason he's still around, that makes me nervous. That makes me very nervous. Sure. And they'll pull CEH from there. Now he's just in between the 20s purgatory on a pass first attack. That makes me a whole lot less enthused about CEH. And I wasn't enthused anyways. It also makes me a whole lot less enthused 
that they are not as impressed with Pacheco as everybody on Twitter has always seemed to be. He's looked pretty good in the preseason, but there's been some runs where there's a wide open lane and he runs right into his lineman's ass. Like he wasn't that great of a college prospect. We were just kind of jacked up about a guy that's a good athlete and a great offense. It doesn't always work out. He's still going to make the team as the kick returner. He still could end up ascending to the running back to role. He could be a decent last round stab, but I saw he started to go in like 130. I, I, I got a bunch of him when he was going at like 190, 200 when he just first started to see the buzz, but he leaped up into like 130 to 140 range. And obviously that's an easy, just that no was thing. a ridiculous hype train. We knew that even at the time. And exactly. yeah, he could be a late round. He could be a last round stab. But there's so many last round stabs I like more. Exactly. I'm not going to end up with them. I, I got some great last round stabs in my auction, and I didn't even consider them, honestly. You know who I think comes out of this the best? <laughs> you know who I'm going to say. My favorite. I know what you're going to say, but I, I don't want any piece of him either. <laughs> Jarek McKinnon. <laughs> he, <laughs> he's kind of like the, the poor man's Naeem Hines. He's got a receiving role locked down here. He played almost all of the third downs exclusively. That's when CEH would come out. And he's looked okay. Pretty explosive on his touches so far. He just got that clear-cut third-down role. We know he's going to catch passes from Mahomes. We know he's thrived in this role before. He even took over from Mahomes after the injury and didn't give it back up in the the postseason because of how impressive he was. He was actually nearly 20 fantasy points per game over that stretch. So we we know he can get it done. Four running backs makes it a whole lot less likely we see that kind of quote-unquote featured McKinnon that we saw at the end of last year and in the playoffs. But still, catching passes from Mahomes, he'll definitely have a few spike weeks. Um, that, that's a really nice role to have, third down back from Mahomes. Agree, and we'll just we'll just put a bow on it with this. I love that you used the term poor man's Naheem Hines and used it as a compliment. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, can I mean that in ADP? I, I don't think the gap between those two should – like. Naeem Hines is definitely a better player, but it's more so the ADP gap. You're getting Naeem Hines at 130, and I don't even hate that price, but 190 for McKinnon in a better offense, similar role. I I think he's definitely – he doesn't get the hype he deserves. That's fair. He's let us down before. All the screens Andy Reid loves. like he, I I like it. How many times have we seen players who are just like, oh, they they could absolutely take off? In this off, and then they just don't. We've seen it so many times. I, I agree. In, in a world, in a perfect world, I can see how this, how McKinnon could blow up. I, <laughs> I'm skeptical. It's just too many years now that we haven't seen it. Yeah. All right. Number six. Ravens run. The Ravens running backs are always just such a shit show. And, <laughs> and this, I mean, it's every year, and this is going to be no different. And I'm happy to say I accurately predicted it this year. Not that that was a super hot take. Yeah, the Ravens with their seven running backs, you know, half of whom are hurt at any given time, and you never know who. Um, it'll surprise you to know that J.K. Dobbins' status for week one is, and this is a quote, certainly in doubt. Uh, Kenyon Drake has joined the team. So uh, there's that. Uh, I, man, talk about a backfield I will not touch with a 10 football. I know. And it's tough because I really love Dobbins as a talent. I mean, he yeah, fits the scheme perfectly. Great in the zone, great in the power, just a beautiful glove-like fit. He led the league in yards per carry as a rookie the last time he was out there. The guy is a great player. This is a great run game. There is a path to value. If it's going to happen, though, it's probably not going to be to the second half of the year. And granted, that is when points matter most. But at his cost, you know, you're taking him in the fifth round right now. Give me A.J. Dillon, who we know is going to be out there from the start, who has that league-winning upside, 
any given week, especially if something ever happened to AJ uh, Aaron Jones there. So, uh, you know, at his price, I'm, I haven't been getting any J.K. Dobbins, and this certainly isn't going to push me over the edge. If he falls, you know, I, I, there's one time I drafted him. He was at pick 80. You know, okay, that's what I can go. I already had three receivers I loved, two running backs I loved, a tight end I really liked. Okay, I can go in there. But, yeah, it, otherwise I'm avoiding it. Just now it comes down to, like, early season, what's going to happen? Is it going to be Kenyon Drake? I don't think Drake's completely washed up. He looked pretty damn good in some starts for the Raiders last year. He had, he had a couple games of over 16 fantasy points. Not bad. I think the guy can catch the ball well, but they don't really throw the running back, so that's not all that important. Right. Um, it comes down to, like, it's probably going to be a Drake and Mike Davis committee to start the year. And given how much they want to run this ball, 590 attempts in 2019, that's the offense they're trying to remold to, there's going to be volume up for grabs for however long Dobbins is out. We know Edwards is going to be out for at least the first four weeks. So I do think Drake and Davis has like early season stop gaps. If you did draft the Dobbins or you have like a, a little flex question mark, maybe your flex is freaking Godwin. And I know that's a huge gap in talent, but you might be able to get like 12 to 14 points out of Mike Davis or Kenyon Drake. Drake, they're facing the fucking Jets in week one. Like one of those two guys, if not both of them, is going to score a touchdown assuming they're the two starting like co-starters in this offense. So they're just worth mentioning here as a, you know, a couple like a late round stab to maybe get yourself to your better flex that, that has some early season question mark to it. All right. We'll tie it up here. We'll uh, end right on that. There's two things I want to add in at the end there. First thing that, that information that they're playing the jets in week one, that was, I saw the, your that was, like that. that was the most convincing thing you said during <laughs> that entire thing. That was the, that was the one thing that moved the needle for me. I was like, Oh, I, I, maybe I do want a piece of Kenya. Drake. Yeah, maybe I do want week. some Mike Davis. <laughs> uh, second thing is uh, JK Dobbins at 80. I still don't want him. Really? Okay. Wow. No, absolutely not. Not interested. What about Cam, Akers, Cam Akers crumbling. We kind of called this one a little bit. Yeah. Um, Daryl Henderson, a steal. Tried to get him. Someone outbid me. Uh, but, yeah, I, I thought he was going to be worth something, too. And, uh, you know, it kind of looks like some of the stuff we were worried about. Oh, what if Cam Akers isn't any good? Well, he wasn't any good the last time we saw him. What if he's still not any good? Uh, yeah. He hasn't been great. And we, we should clarify that post Achilles tear. Yeah, Cam that's Akers. exactly not, what I'm No, not I'm the talking, original Cam No, Akers. I said the last time we saw him. Like, exactly. Playoffs. Um, yeah, it, it hasn't. He still isn't able to get a full speed workout in. That makes him very questionable for week one, given that we're just about a week away. Henderson had also been dealing with his own issues, but he did just log a full practice, and McVeigh was gushing about it. McVeigh seemed to always really love this guy, and, and rightfully yeah. so. I think What's Henderson's not to a love, pretty, honestly. What's not? You know, to he's love? a very solid player. Uh, you know, he played around. 80% snap share while he was the starter last year. And he did pretty damn well. I had multiple games over 18 fantasy points. Just a solid guy that goes at like 120. Give me that all day. I mean, you look at the Achilles guys that get hurt. Marlon Mack just got cut. Deontay Foreman has been like, oh, he looked okay last year, but he can't even beat out fucking Chuba Hubbard right now. And then behind them, there's nobody of even relevance that has even touched an NFL field again at the running back position. So is Cam Akers really going to ever return? You're betting against every single running back right now that's ever torn an Achilles, at, especially at round four or five. No, thank you. If he, again, if there's a point where he could fall to, but to me, that gap between him and Henderson, give me Henderson because I do want a piece of the backfield. It's a good offense, it's a good run scheme, but I'd much rather take that stab at Henderson at this point at 120 ish range. I, I think he's the best round, like 10th round pick you can make right now. His auction price is like 30, 35 bucks. 
talking about him. It was just like Easy I, would, I wouldn't, be, I wouldn't like, be touching him for twenty. No, like no. I'd way rather have Damian Pierce than him. Absolutely, yeah. That, that's not even close to me at this point. No, of course not. Um, I'd rather have Jake, I'd, I'd rather have J.K. Dobbins than Acres. Wow, and you don't even want him. <laughs> no, and I don't even want him. This guy's you, falling too, huh? Guys that you just don't want. You're like, oh, I'm not taking that guy. Like yeah. because every every instinct I have is telling me, like, no, don't do it. You just don't take those guys. Right. Brees, Brees Hall. We just talked about him. He's half of uh, one of the guys in my league's backfield, starting backfield. He's not even going to start for the fucking Jets. <laughs> he's getting hit in the backfield, like, uh, you know, just like, you know, everyone's like, oh, don't sleep on the Jets. They're going to be better. I was like, no, they're not. Uh, you know, he's 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 sucked. He has sucked. He's coming <laughs> as the number two running back and – even against the second string, third string guys, 14 attempts, 29 yards, no pass catching as of late. Michael Carter has outsnapped him in all three of their preseason games together, uh, 12 to 9 in the latest one. And that was the most snaps that we've seen Brees Hall get with the first team offense. It's looking like it's probably going to be a 50 50 split. So you got to consider Michael Carter a great, uh, you know, buy. It's similar to this Henderson Acres thing. One's going in round five and seems like the worst bet. <laughs> One's going at 120 or so. Seems like the better bet, at least at this point uh, right now. Carter, and the one thing I actually liked about Carter, too, he fumbled, which obviously you don't like. Love but it. they went right back to him the next drive. Usually that's like the perfect opportunity to be like, oh, let's send a message and get the rookie in and get him some work. We have a good excuse to bench Carter right now. No, they went right in. They kind of confirmed. We we still love Mike. All preseason has been a talk that Michael Carter is the RB1, the RB1, the RB1. And I think all of us that are enamored with the profile of Brees Hall, a great athlete, a great pass catcher, a three-down back with insane production in college. Everything looked perfect. But if you can't beat out Mike fucking Carter and you're on the Jets, nothing's perfect in that situation. So well, he's been a plummet down the big board. And I see the I see the logic behind saying, you know, feeding him the ball again after he fumbled. You know, that's a, that's a thumbs up for him. It, I mean, the other side of that could be they they don't believe in Hall. Right. They're just like, this is the best time. Either, Either way, it's a it's a vote of confidence for Carter, whether it's because he's great or his competition is no good. But, uh, yeah, man, Hall's been a disaster. All right. Chris Godwin. Uh, he's coming back faster than expected. Yeah, man, he's been ahead of schedule the whole time on this. Week one looking like a very real possibility. I saw something on – ESPN was either last night or today. I forget. It was like people shocked by wide receiver cut by the Buccaneers. And then I was like, Oh my gosh, like who's it going to be? And then it was Tyler Johnson. I was like, yeah. Oh yeah. I'm shocked. Who's that? <laughs> <laughs> he, he was once considered a promising young, like next big weapon for Tom Brady, the kind of guy that could fill in if they ever needed him to. And Right now, I, you know, I don't know if they release him if they don't feel great about what Godwin's doing. He's been playing in seven-on-sevens. He was not put on the PUP to be, begin camp. And people are drafting him. He might miss. He probably will miss week one, maybe even week two. But the guy, this is Chris Godwin. Whenever, Even if he missed half the season and he comes back, you know you're getting a top 12 fantasy guy. He's the wide receiver six the last time he was on the field. He has that great rapport with Brady. He plays a lot of the slot role, which Brady loves to pepper. What's not to love about Godwin besides the fact that he got hurt when he, that that is being way too overbaked into his price? I got him for ten in my auction. You got him in yours too, right? Yeah, I think I paid twelve. Yeah, I mean he should be going for fifteen to twenty. 
and people are just nervous, I guess, about the injury. Maybe it just doesn't seem sexy anymore. But again, wide receiver six last year. Now there's no Gronk. I mean, there's plenty of sexy volume up for grabs here. If and when, whenever Godwin does return, I play the patient. 10, game. 10, 12 bucks. He's plenty sexy enough for that. I saw he goes in like round eight on Yahoo. What is that? What is that? Round eight? <laughs> if he's sitting there in ra- round eight, I'm taking him every time. Every time. If he's sitting there around seven, maybe sure, that, of course. I'll take him in round five, six. Like that's where he should go. That's where I have him ranked. Yeah, so he's Chris Godwin. He's, seven, eight. he's like, freaking Chris awesome. Fucking Godwin. Like, yeah. let's be real here. <laughs> let's be real. Speaking of real, Romeo and then last grenade, I think it's Dubs. Dubs. But it might be Dubs. It might be Dubs. So whatever <laughs> you want to call him, Romeo. It's He's been dub. great. He's been really good. Aaron Rodgers rarely <clears throat> hypes up rookies, but he's been hyping him up. He really hyping him up. First started the preseason saying, you know, we haven't had a rookie come in here since, you know, Jordy Nelson. And those guys have all been Pro Bowl receivers since we saw this type of performance. And then there were some concerns that Rodgers did say, you know, I really want – Lazard, Cobb, and uh, fucking Sammy Watkins out there. Yeah, that is a concern. I'd be concerned too. But he later this week just recently said the standard for dubs will be higher than the rookies we've had in the past because he's expected to play based on his performance. Made some plays that you just really can't coach. So they have a rapport. He is at least hyping them up a little bit. And again, it's Sammy Watkins. It's Randall Cobb that he has to beat out. Those guys get hurt with a fucking blow on their knee. Sammy goes and he's going to be fucking gone. A little fucking light breeze. So it's a matter of it when, not if. Dubs yeah. is going to be a starting receiver. And all he's done since he's been on the field is make plays. First two preseason games, caught touchdowns in them both. Every single day in camp, catching a touchdown over, over a very good secondary. I mean, the Packers might have the best secondary in the NFL, and he's burning some of the best corners at this level. So, again, matter of when, not if. He's making starts. And when he gets in there, I, I'm not convinced Alan Lazard's even better than this guy. I like Lazard. I like the price he goes at. I love that Rodgers loves him. But Dubs could be better as a player. He just needs to get into that lineup, and I don't think it's going to take him very long. Steven Drakes just threw five bucks our way. Hey, we got to take that up. Thank you, Steven. How do you feel about Ramondre Stevenson, Mike Davis, and James Robinson? Full PPR. Thanks, fellas. So we're going to talk about um, Stevenson in a bit later. So Stephen Drake, I will say this. I love him. If you don't mind holding on, I'm going to give that take shortly. Uh, but I, do, I want to keep it in order. I know you'll be here for it. So uh, I, I don't want to <laughs> not address your comment here, but we're going to get there. I promise. Um, in terms of Mike Davis, we talked about just a little bit. I think there's some early season juice there. I really do. Um, it's Once Dobbins is back, I think he gets relegated behind Drake even. I'd rather have Drake. That helps you gauge the value. But he's been the first man out in the preseason so far. He seems to be the clear-cut guy. I like him. Robinson, we're talking about the Achilles thing. I, I'm not into because, yeah, Drake confirms will be here. So I'll save the take uh, for when you're when we get and, there. And Steve Drake. says, I'll, he says, he says <laughs> I'll be here. Exactly. Uh, so, <laughs> Love it. Thank you for the donation, by the way. Thank you so much. But James Robinson, it kind of falls in that Achilles range. He tore his Achilles. And I don't like backs that tore their Achilles because legitimately nobody has come back yet and been effective uh, so, you know, he's, he's a fighter. He's a warrior. You're just saying that because it's never happened before. Exactly. Exactly. It's not going – I mean, and I just love Etienne too. So, yeah, maybe he starts and maybe he's the big back role. But they're going to get Etienne as many touches as they can. So, I don't like James Robinson as price. Mike Davis is a last-round guy, sure, for a week or two. Good streamer against the Jets to start the year. Uh, but we'll get to the man I love out of these, and that's Ramondre. All right. Let's move on to number 11. David Njoku, the tight end one in Cleveland. <clears throat> and then you add quickly on there, and it actually matters. Because yeah. my 
very predictable quip was going to be like, you know, that's like, it's like being the best player in Giants training camp. <laughs> the MVP. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's true. Tight end one in Cleveland. Oh, man. Oh, but, all, right, man. all right. Sell me. Yeah. You, two minutes. Sell me on why it matters. So as I've been very vehement on this podcast, until Watson's in, I don't want to trust any Browns. Nobody I'm going to draft. And that's largely the stance I've taken in my early drafts until I keep learning more and more about Njoku, and I might have to make this plunge. He played on 100% of their first string snaps uh, throughout this preseason, 90% across all the game, 96% exactly. Um, he's played on average, I'll go down the list, 27. He ran around 42% of the time. 2018 was 78%. Uh, he finishes the tight end nine that year on, on 78% of the, the routes. 2019, he ran a route 9% of the time. He was the 85th tight end. 2020, 31% route rate, 47th tight end. 2021, 51%. 22, <laughs> even on just half the snaps, he got up into that 22 tight end range. He had one game without Hooper, and he had a top eight tight end week there. Uh, but he's playing with Brissett, so why does it matter if he's running these 90% route share? Because Brissett has targeted tight ends at a 29.4% clip. That is number three in the league whenever he's started uh, since taking over for the Colts, he loves peppering his tight ends. So, yeah, I know it's Brissett and it's gross, but we got a guy that's going to be the clear-cut number two option in this attack, maybe even the number one given the way that Brissett likes to target the position, a freak athlete, one of the best ones, the number five paid tight end in the league right now after that huge extension they gave him. They've talked all offseason about how they're going to make him a focal point of this attack. And if anybody has actually benefited from Jacoby Brissett being there, it's going to be David Njoku, the new tight end horse that I convince you at all. You convinced me that his, he had, there's more reason than I would have thought to think he has some value. I'm still not running out and getting him. No, I mean, I'm not sprinting. I'm not saying I'm overextending myself, but you're, you're always, kind of, you're plotting. Yeah. Plotting to get him. And I, I, I was avoiding him. He was a guy that I would just kind of cross off, not, not draft at all. But the more I've studied and a lot of just in general, sharp analysts. I love Dwayne McFarland, Scott Barrett, yeah. like guys uh-huh. that I just, I've had on the show. I read their stuff and I like it. They're making really strong cases for him, and it's hard not to get swayed when people as smart as them are, are in on him too. Craig Sarno, not to be outdone nope. by Drake's adds a adds a penny, goes from four ninety nine to five. Says I'm going to have given the biggest donation on this show. He says, "How do you feel about Gainwell late? I can't stand Sanders." Well, you're in good company on that one. Yeah. None, of, none of us can stand Sanders. This is not a Sanders show. We all hate Sanders here. Uh, always really have and clearly always will. Zero touchdowns last year. I really like Gainwell. I think you brought the, the bot the guide, Sarno. So I don't want to just like regurgitate what you've already read here. But already had more top 12 and top 24 weeks than Sanders last year as a quote-unquote raw rookie. Saw, you know, a 15% target share. Nice rate there. Scored on about every eight touches. Very high explosive scoring rate there and just got all the red zone work. And they were already said throughout camp and all preseason, he's going to be their guy in the quote unquote uh, money situations for fantasy, the the catches, the touchdowns, all that. He's still in that role. So I love him. I will fade Sanders all day I, in the vacuum. I might even like if you, if I had him at the same pick, I'd probably even go Gainwell over Sanders. Never mind the fact that Sanders goes 50 picks ahead of him. So yeah. I love Gainwell. 110, 120. You know, the only guy I like maybe a little bit more than him in that range is Daryl Henderson, who we just talked about. But I'm all in on Gainwell. I think he's a phenomenal late round pick. All right. Number 12. And, you, and thank you very much, Craig. Yeah, really thank you. Biggest donation of the show. 
<laughs> not of all time, but of tonight. No, yes. no we've gotten, but, but tonight got like you're, $50 you're donations before. Yeah, that was awesome. We had a one show where people were really throwing money at us. It was yeah. awesome. Uh, I want to bring those days back sometime <laughs> in the season. Before we get into number 12, if you haven't already, give us a like, give us a subscribe, tell your friends we're on. to support us. Yeah. Yeah. Or you, or you can take the money route, either one you want or both. Yes. Number 12, Austin Eckler deserving top three consideration. I know you landed him in your auction. None of mm-hmm. his backups seem worthwhile. Um, and I mean, this might have been the guy getting three downs anyway, but sounds like he has the ultimate job security and that there's nothing behind him. Yeah. I mean, all the talk, even from his own mouth is I would love somebody to take over and, and be able to eat some, some work for me. I, I don't want to have as many touches as I'm getting. And a lot of the speculation early on was like Spiller could take the goal line role, or one of these guys might step up and eat into that. So he's due for touchdown regressions. Well, after this preseason, Spiller got hurt. He didn't look good anyways. And we already knew Roundtree and Josh Kelly, they suck. They're not good. It's a terrible backfield behind him. It just locks him in to all the work that's going to matter, the receptions, the touchdowns, and nobody is as hyper-efficient as Austin Eckler in those areas. And games that are going to need as much scoring as they can get in this division, he's going to be a huge focal point. I really struggle with like him at number two, potentially even. Like Jonathan Taylor, then him above cup above Jefferson. I don't have it right now, but at four, that's my guy. I'll just tell you, I would absolutely pick Eckler above cup or Jefferson. If it were a snake draft, there you go. So we got the official top two. Would you take him over Jonathan Taylor in a PPR? No, (laughs) fair enough. (laughs) I wouldn't. Um, And I also wouldn't take him over CMC. So, I mean, but Uh, but I, you have come full circle on him. You were just like, you would never – I would never touch this guy again. He made my season so miserable. Okay. Uh, oh, you, you've been exactly the same way. I've been listening to the podcast you've been doing. But, but here's – no, here's the thing. This is why I hate snake drafts because if yeah. I did end up with like the two or three pick, I would feel compelled to pick CMC with that spot <laughs> if he was on the board. But in an auction, I just don't go for him. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I get it. Yeah, I get it. But what I'm saying is I would rather have any of those top three – running backs and maybe a couple other top running backs over Copper Jefferson. Yeah. You're, you've always been a bell cow breeder. I get it. I usually oh, am too. Oh yeah. I, I don't, I don't believe there's any receiver in the game <clears throat> that can, it's maybe a little different in a snake draft, but can account for the the massive price that you would pay for one of those guys in an auction. It would just, it would never be worth it to me. Yeah. I'd much rather have the bell cow. You saw what cup did for you last year. Yeah, at 14 bucks, it was a great deal. <laughs> All right, number 13, 49ers running back to Clarity. Jeff Wilson is, in fact, a bona fide sleeper. <laughs> he sure is. And it's really important. Like, I, I wouldn't put it on here if it wasn't, but we know Mitchell. I mean, he had like eight different ailments last year. He missed, you know, what is it, six, seven games, and he's yeah. missed the entire training camp so far. The guy is definitely an injury concern. We can almost guarantee he's going to miss time. So figuring out who was going to be the running back two behind him was really important this preseason. And it seems without a doubt, it is Jeff Wilson at this point for a few reasons. First, Trey, Mer- Trey Sermon has absolutely sucked. Shocking. Then Tyrion Davis-Price, the rookie they drafted, has absolutely sucked. CJ hated him, so not all that shocking either. Then Jeff Wilson, he's been, quote unquote, 
way more explosive in camp. You know, looks much healthier after coming off of that ACL injury. Looks like he's been putting together the best case to even share work. He's added, quote-unquote, speed and wiggle. Don't forget, this guy led the 49ers in rushing yards and rushing touchdowns just two seasons ago with multiple 30-point days. I mean, he has humongous, humongous spike week potential. And now he's looking back to that old self. They also just waved Jamichael Hasty, who was maybe threatening for third down work here. But, Sir, I mean, uh, Wilson, by far their best pass protector, probably their best receiver too. So ultimately, maybe the third down back with some early down, you know, share with Mitchell. And then you got the handcuff, massive upside with this guy. I'm all in on Jeff Wilson, and I know I've been there before, but I think he just wasn't himself last year, and he just – I kept going back to the well because you know how it is. When you have a player that's won you titles, he won me titles two years ago. I had to keep going back to him. He was not worthy. But if he's back to the old Jeff Wilson, and dare I say maybe even looking a little better in a better situation with a more injury-prone guy, I, I like him. I like him a lot, and you can get him for absolutely free right now. Um, I, I want him on all my teams as a last-round running back. All right, let's talk about another running back, James Cook. Is he kind of overvalued? Kind of. It's Got tricky. It. It's tricky. It's really tricky because I like the player, and he's flashed a bit this preseason when given the work, certainly in preseason week two. He had a couple of runs. Like, is that Dalvin? Is that is that brother Dalvin out there? But I just think he's a little overhyped at this point because he's running as the clear running back three. He's behind Singletary, and the thing that I don't think any of us saw when we were drafting him in the top 100 picks is he's also behind Zach Moss right now. I don't know that that 100% stays. He should inherit the receiving down work, but Singletary's been – certain metrics tell you he's a terrible receiver, but he got it done for them last year. Zach Moss has been in there as a great pass protector in a lot of passing downs as well. I, I do love drafting James Cook in a keeper league because both Singletary and Moss are free agents and they might resign one. Maybe they even resign two. But let's say both of those guys are gone and they really like the development of Cook. This time next year, we might be talking about this guy as a top two round pick, a featured back in the Bills offense with some good talent. Like keeper league, I love it. Maybe even late season stretch if like he just shows he's too talented to keep off by mid-year. But it's very clear right now he's behind both of these guys. And it's really just, again, Zach Moss emerging as the number one red zone guy, the number two back in general, uh, scoring two touchdowns in their week two preseason game with the Josh Allen unit. Has Zach Moss become a late round sleeper? I, I like you know Jeff Wilson more, but I also really do like Zach Wilson. If we're talking you know round 18, 19 on these like 20 round best ball drafts, Zach Moss, not, not a horrible option. And I, I get sick saying it because it's Zach Moss, but he's looked good. Just to clarify, a second ago, the Wolf said that he really liked Zach Wilson. He meant Zach Moss. I meant Zach Moss. Right. Yes. <laughs> you, don't, you, don't, you don't want to get too close to Zach Wilson. <laughs> no. God, no. Zach Wilson's horrible. Keep your mother away from him. Right. Don't, you don't want to have him over for the family dinner. <laughs> and if you do, you better keep an eye on him. Like if, if, he, <laughs> if, he liked, if he's not in the room, like you better make sure your mom's in the room. <laughs> exactly. All right. Number 15, the ups and downs of Justin Fields preseason. I mean, you know my feelings on this guy. Yeah, I mean, you want nothing to do with him. I want and nothing to do with the Bears, period. Although I will admit, Cole Komet interests me a little bit, like if you're going to punt on the position kind of thing. And I saw Darnell Mooney going real cheap in some auctions, and I was kind of like, maybe. I mean, there it was one of those things where at a certain price, even though I had no interest in him, I'm willing to take a shot on a bona fide wide receiver one on a team. 
I think Mooney's a great example of a guy that's going to go way too cheap at an auction. He went for like five bucks in mine. That, and at that point, like I had been kind of waiting for Gabe Davis. He's the type of guy that you can sneak in there that like anyone's saving their money for the. Right. The no one's Davis, saving their money for Mooney. Money. Right. Right. Nobody's saving their money. So he's a guy you could really sneak in there. And Adam Thielen, another guy you can really sneak in there yep. too. So I'm with you there. Let's get back to Fields. Yeah. I, I, I'm not in on him. I, I'm not. But. One, I know Scott Barrett is. He has him a top 10 quarterback. And he has, he has gotten, you know, he was Lamar Jackson three years ago. He was, uh, you know, Jalen Hurts last year. Every single year, he just fucking gets it right. And so that has me, like, if he's hammering him as hard as he is, I have to reconsider it. This last preseason week, 14 to 16 for 156 and three touchdowns. And it was literally after I sent you know, Barrett a DM. He asked for feedback on his uh, quarterback rankings. I was like, you're nuts about fields. He goes out and throws three touchdowns. I'm like, yeah. Fuck. That's a sign. I, I, maybe I need to be. I mean, look, Barrett is super, super smart. We both love the guy. And, yeah. you know, he rarely misses big, you know. Especially at quarterback. When, when he like, says stuff, right, that's like it gives me pause. You know, CJ's been all over fields for like forever, and I right. haven't batted an eye. When Scott Barrett got on the truck, now I was all of a sudden like, all right, yeah. <laughs> maybe. The the concern, of course, is the line, and that's what I'm really worried about here is even though he's looked really good, at least in that last week, the other two games, he was running for his life the entire, entire yeah, time, and I don't think that's going to be different, and yeah, that might lead to some Konami, you know, scrambles and get 10 yards, get a nice little point for that, great. At a certain point, he might just take some brutal, too many hits, and, and that's what I'm worried about. He's not going to have enough time. These receivers, other than Mooney, they're crap, so he's going to need some time for these guys to separate. Certainly if you're taking Mooney out. So I am still worried. I, again, I love that he has Barrett's blessing. I love that he looked really good in preseason week three. I'm starting to draft him as a QB two a little more often than I was, but still I'm going to say, I don't like him. And then he's going to go and be the Konami cheat code of this year. So we'll see uh, at least some promising glimpses right. this preseason. I've been wrong before. He has looked really good a couple of times. Yeah. Okay. Ramon Drake Stevenson, uh, Drake's asked about this earlier. Said Moment Stephen Drake's been waiting. Prom- promised he would hang around. Um, Ramon went cheap in my auction. It was one of these guys that I kind of four or five bucks. Oh, come on. I didn't Were have you any just money. broke at that point? Yes, I told I didn't have any money. Oh, like that I couldn't is even. Sickeningly cheap. Yeah, the, 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 some off the air or in another auction follow up show. I, I want to talk to you at some point about the flow of the auction and how it went down because it's, you know, there's different ways an auction can go down. Yeah. And I want to explain how this one went. Cause it was interesting. You know, there's like maybe eight ways an auction can go down. And this was one of those ways where guys like Ramondre go for four or five bucks. I really think it was four actually. <sighs> anyway, That's anyway, um, Chad Graff from the athletic believes Ty Montgomery, Ty Montgomery still in the league. Ankle injury could mean more third down work for Ramondre Stevenson. Yeah, it's a big deal because there's then this whole speculation. Who gets the James White role? Who gets the James White role? And, you know, Ramondre was one of the leading candidates for it. But Montgomery was starting to sneak in there, too. And I know it's crazy he's even in the league. But he's that classic little Belichick, versatile. Let's move him all around. He scored a touchdown in preseason week two. And it was like, oh, now we got a three-headed gross nightmare. This sucks. But he did get carted off. It's looking like it's going to be at least a, an early season multi-week injury type of thing, which could give Ramondre a real path to establishing himself as the guy. If he earns it, he looks great. I can't imagine they'll go back on it. And he's got some pretty interesting receiving stats about him. Um, looking at since 2016, this is this is an interesting one. 
Uh, only four power five running backs since 2015 have averaged over 100 rush yards and 35 plus receiving yards in college. Christian McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook, Joe Mixon, and Ramondre Stevenson. That's pretty damn good company to be up there. Uh, and then he also, you know, 1.76 yards per route run. That's 15th in the league last year on his 17, 70 pass routes. He's very hyper efficient as a receiver in college. And he's also a better runner in every single metric than D- Damian Harris last year. Yards per carry, yards after contact, more missed tackles, force, uh, more generated 10 plus yard runs, explosive run rate. All of those facts were not only better than Damian Harris, they were all top six among running backs. These key metrics that often determine an explosive, talented runner. He was top six in all of them. So a guy that might get more receiving work on a team that James White, 86 targets, 72 targets, 123 targets, 95 targets. Without James White last year, the Pats had 93 receptions to the running back position. They were scattered, but that's a shitload. They actually averaged 30.2 PPR points as a team running back. That was number two among team running back points last year to only the Colts. So I know how gross the Pats are. You never want to touch them, but they generated a ton of fantasy points out there. And it's looking like Ramondre could be in line for a significant slice of the most valuable part, that being the target share, in addition to being a goal line bull. I mean, this guy could just be a monster. And another one of those, I know I'm ranting here about him, but another guy that Harris is a free agent this year, he might be gone. And if they don't, you know, add anybody significant, what if he's a three down back in this offense next year too? So a great keeper league bet, but even just a seasonal bet, round seven, round eight, I'm in love with it. Who do you like more, Damian Pierce or Ramondre? That's a really tough one for me. Damian. Oh, Damian Pierce. I thought you were giving yeah. me three names. Um, <clears throat> I probably like Damian Pierce more, but it's probably just, I think there's more just inherent sex appeal. I mean, the yeah. case you're making, the rant, whatever you want to call it, it's convincing. It's not falling on deaf ears here. I like Ramondre. You're not soft, are you? <laughs> no, no. I'm at, I'm at least like I don't, I don't I don't I don't know what what the uh, what the soft hard equivalent would be. I was going to say lukewarm. <laughs> <laughs> A firm avocado. Yeah, there you go. Um. Anyway, yeah, I, I think I'd probably go Pierce. Yeah, I, mean, I think I would too. Bias. There's hype. I'd I'd be surprised if you would just, go Pierce also. He's someone in that like seven eight rate like. Whether it's Pierce, whether it's Ramondre, Chase Edmonds, again, another guy we keep hyping up. Like A few people have been like, I have to get my two running backs early, right? And I'm like, yes, mostly. But if you don't love, let's say you're not in love with Connor and you're at pick like 24 and there's Mike Evans and there's Tyreek Hill sitting there. You can go Jonathan Taylor, Tyreek, Mike Evans, and then wait till round seven, eight and go Chase Edmonds, Ramondre Stevenson, you know, like, or Damian Pierce probably in round six at this point. But there's guys – there's a, definitely a pocket I hate, the the Jacobs, the, you know, the Gibson. I don't know about Gibson anymore. Who knows? But there is that dead zone in, like, round five, six. But round, once you get seven to, like, even ten where Singletary is hanging out, like, there's a nice little pocket of running backs that happen in that seven to nine range that I'm really into. And Ramondre being one of them for sure. All right, let's go to number 17. Sleeper yeah. running backs emerging. You got Jalen Warren. You got Boston Scott. You got Amir Abdullah. Some of these names we just – just kind of pop up every year with kind of like, huh? What do you think? They're Amir, Abdullah <laughs> has been, Amir Abdullah has been brought up a lot of times. Yeah, he's hideous. He sucks. But it's a good transition from the James White role because Josh McDaniels is their coordinator. They released Kenyon Drake, who was his competition for the receiving work. They were confident to release Drake because Abdullah has been a quote-unquote camp revelation thriving in the James White role. 
according to them. Remember, 86, 72, 123, 95 targets. I'm not saying Abdul's going to walk into 120 targets this year. No fucking way no, they'll even come not. close when you have Devontae Adams, you have Darren Waller, you have Hunter Renfro. But 55, maybe, 60, maybe. They just scheme the running back position so well as pass catchers that Abdullah held out for two preseason games because he's one of the most valuable. Josh Jacobs was playing more than Abdullah in the preseason because they value him less than Abdullah, apparently. Like, I know that's a, a little bit of a stretch, but he was playing in the freaking Hall of Fame game, Josh Jacobs. Abdullah is going to get a, a nice, healthy slice of targets, even though there's a ton of other mouths to feed. I think he's going to have a real PPR role as a last-round stab. Boston Scott, when Sanders missed time in preseason week two, was the first back in there. I do love Gainwell. I know we got a good question about Gainwell for that super chat. This kind of told me Gainwell, no matter what happens, is going to be that like third down-ish red zone guy. Somebody else is going to be the early down guy. And if Sanders misses time, that's going to be Boston Scott. 11 touches, 44 yards from scrimmage, and a touchdown. Just marched down the field, looked hyper-efficient. He's always that little guy, has looked solid every time he plays. He gets behind his block as well. He's a touchdown scorer. He, he just really is. He had t- t- uh, at just as many top 12 and top 24 weeks as Miles Sanders. Like That's just insane. He scored certainly a lot more touchdowns than him last year. I just, I, I've always kind of liked Boston Scott. I think he's decent. I think he's pretty decent. And the last guy on here is just Jalen Warren. I mean, N- Najee Harris comes out and says he was dealing with a sprained lens rack. Like that's, he says he's over it. He did play a lot in the preseason, so he's probably okay. But a foot injury before, like that's something that could get re-aggravated. They're going to need a backup there. We know how Mike Tomlin, you know, over 20 opportunities per game, his lead running backs have averaged. And Jalen Warren has reportedly beat out Benny Snell. They cut Anthony McFarland, so he's another mouth that's out of there for this undrafted free agent that everybody in camp has been raving about. And he's, you know, deserved the, the hype. 16 carries for 48 yards was not that pretty, but seven receptions for 54 and a touchdown shows you that kind of every down skill set for Jalen Warren. If Harris ever went down and you got yourself like a 20 touch guy in this pretty decent, terrible line, but a pretty decent Steelers attack, whether it's Pickett or Trubisky, that that could be a league winning play that nobody's drafting right now. You could beat the waiver wire rush. He'd be a guy that's worth all your fab to pick up, assuming he's a star. Maybe he's supposed to be Benny Snell, but that's not what Mike Tomlin does. Number 18, pause. No thoughts on any of those three guys. Huh? He's like, yeah, they're well, all suck. I mean, I, I said what I think about Abdullah. Uh, <laughs> Jalen, what's his Warren? I don't really have any thoughts on. Understandable. <laughs> well, you, know, you, you know me. If I got something to say, I'll say it. You've lost your Ramondre boner. I, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. I'll get it back. Uh, yes. Pause before Alberto or Noah Font. I never liked yeah. either of these guys, so I've been permanently on pause. <laughs> I've been permanently on halt, too. But they were getting drafted, in particular, Albert O is like a fringe top 12 guy. Noah Fant was like fringe top 20 guy. I don't know that either should be drafted at all. If you're going to take a shot on one, you go for the guys in the Broncos offense with Russell Wilson, explosive yeah. potential, touchdown upside might exist there. But you got to be concerned about a few things in the preseason. Week one, he plays deep into the fourth quarter, yeah. Albert O does. Why? I don't get that. That's gross. Week two, again, plays deep into the fourth quarter. And even though he's been playing deep into these games, he only logged four for 32 across, you know, almost two full games. That's not good. That's that's not appealing. So concerning usage, concerning productive. He did get rested in week three, but like, I don't know. This is pretty damn concerning. They've always seemed to want a committee at this point. Um, so that's a concern. Noah Fan, similar trends, playing deep into the second half 
of all three weeks of the preseason. He's on 52% of the first string snaps <clears throat> across the last two weeks. Almost a, a three-headed nightmare with Will Disley, Colby Parkinson. It's just gross. And when you're getting a three-headed nightmare in an offense led by Geno fucking Smith, that's a very easy just no. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, these are you, you're right on the concerns that you're bringing up for no offense. None of those even remotely close is a concern bigger than the fact that he's just playing on the Seahawks. Yeah, like that's <laughs> exactly. the biggest concern that there is. And yeah, right. so hate him. if he was like an every snap player, he is a freak enough athlete that it's like, uh, maybe you could like have a couple spike weeks. If he's a freak athlete in a committee in a bad offense, like there's legitimately no reason to even consider clicking his name. Agreed. All right. This is the last one we got on. This is number 19. Gabe Davis explosion is coming. And Isaiah McKenzie could be the steal of drafts. I can tell you both the Wolf and I tried to get this guy in our auctions. I'm talking about Gabe Davis and we both failed. Like the, the hype is out there. Like people know, I still think he's going cheaper than he should be going. Even with people trying to bid him up, I desperately wanted him, right. and I, I didn't get him. I got a lot of the guys I wanted. It, it hurts my heart that I didn't get him because he's a freaking monster. And uh, elaborate on that, Wolf, and then talk to me about McKenzie because I did get McKenzie. Yeah, we'll talk about Davis first. He only played in one preseason game, one n- drive, and what do you do? Two catches for forty-seven yards and a touchdown. It was exactly what you expect too. Josh Allen buys a little time like he always does you know sheds a tackle and then just heaves it and what gabe davis bodies the guy he just uses his huge frame leaps up and gets the ball just like we saw last time out when he had four touchdowns against the chiefs and then just today a report from peter king saying the chief the josh allen sees gabe davis as a great compliment not a distant number two to stefan Diggs. and we've yeah. talked about this all preseason like this could be a 1a 1b situation with the guy getting the number two like there still is a path. Gabe Davis outscores Diggs. We've been saying that since like March. Absolutely. And we've been getting like, smashed for it. People are like, you're a fucking moron. He couldn't even beat out me. No, if you if you gave me odds on that that were that were okay, I'd take that. Actually. You really could consider it. It's not impossible for this guy that's just an absolute touchdown machine, absolute big play threat, huge, huge upside. But also the, worth considering is week two, uh, is Isaiah McKenzie. In week two, he played all the first team snaps. Jameson Crowder played none of them. Uh, he did play in week one as well when all the stars were resting. So it was not a competition at this point. It is McKenzie's role. The one concern is McKenzie did have a little injury on Saturday and he hasn't practiced since and there's no word exactly what it is. So just a little concern, like hopefully plenty of time between now and week one. But if that at all opens a door for Crowder to show off or like take over, that would suck because I have a shitload of McKenzie this year. Uh, because number three in this offense, every time he's played, you know, 11 catches against my Patriots, over 30 fantasy points. The year before, he started one game, 29 fantasy points on two touchdowns. The guy's a playmaker nuts. that makes the most of his snaps. So uh, as long as he's locked in, he's great. Just a little concerning that he, he got hurt on Saturday. We do have just one yeah, more. You did. I did actually see. I, I missed one. We do have 20. That's what I thought. And this uh, is the important one. Highly concerning trail on <laughs> Burke's preseason. Sure. Yeah. And Sky Moore as well. Both these guys were going in the top 100 at one point. Um, and I don't think That's either nuts, of them. Man. That's oh, nuts. yeah. I don't have any of them because um, it was Neither. certainly nuts then. And it's even more nuts that they haven't really fallen much since then. Uh, Traylon Burks, week one, plays deep into the fourth quarter after Des Fitzpatrick. And he only gets one catch for three yards against like fourth stringers. That should have been your first warning sign. 
He goes deep into the fourth quarter again in week two. That's again running behind Kyle Phillips, running behind uh, you know race Racy McMath. Who the fuck is Racy McMath? He runs just as many routes as Trayvon Burks. Is he a football player? <laughs> I don't, it sounds like a fucking character in a Pixar movie. Racy McFucking Math. Like, who the <laughs> fuck is that? And a lot of a lot That's of, a great oh, poor name is what that is. <laughs> maybe. Maybe a great poor name. See, I do a little honiness with Lincoln. Right, you ever seen that? Yeah. Game is conversation. Do you, you see that Racy McMath bareback? Uh, <laughs> movie that came out recently it was oh great. yeah real punishing blows yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's just really <laughs> concerning and yeah he scored a touchdown he got a nice pff grade in week three but the writing's on the wall and we've seen it, it really seems like mike vrabel just despises the kid like he's the reason they traded aj brown away and now mike vrabel's like i hate him we lost aj brown because of this motherfucker i don't want him like out here at all so I'm really concerned with him. Sky Moore, I'm a little less concerned with because when he's been out there, he's looked pretty good and he's made plays. But he's also running behind Justin Watson, who's looked really, really good. He's a, used to be on the Bucks, kind of like a big body, um, get deep threat that isn't doesn't seem that sexy as a player. But like he's he's caught a bunch of touchdowns this preseason. He's got a great rapport with Mahomes. And he's played 90% of the snaps with the first team offense, well ahead of Sky Moore. Typically, when you draft rookies, whatever the position is, you're looking on like second production anyways so maybe one of these guys and my bet would be on more does have a nice stretch run when they finally do break into the lineup uh, but it is concerning to just not see them because we also see rookie like Olave touchdown looking great in the preseason like we, there's plenty of rookies that can make a just day one impact and it's looking like neither of these guys are going to go and that they're going like around Ramondre Stevenson or they you know some of these running backs we really like so no nope. thank you so I do want to say I think there's one story that deserved to make the list that we should at least talk about before we go to the mailbag. Okay. Um, and that is the recent news that came out that the 49ers gave Jimmy Garoppolo an extension, decided to keep him in town. Um, I just wanted to ask you, so, I mean, this makes him, I believe the highest paid backup in the league. I wanted to ask you, a, are you surprised? And B, do you think this is because they don't fully believe in Trey Lance? And, or do you think it means that he's going to, uh, you know, that Lance's leash is going to be a lot shorter than it would have been. I think Man. the answer to that one is absolutely. Of course, his leash is going to be shorter. And what do you think all that? You it, think, this is, think this is worth talking about? Yes, it is. I, it should have been on this list, actually, now that you say it. So I'm glad you brought it up and we'll talk about it now. I, it's so hard. It's really hard because. The Are you surprised? A little bit. I am. I Because they've talked so much about how all in on Trey Lance they are. This is Trey Lance's team. We're turning over the keys and he's gotten some mixed reviews. There's been up and down days, but when he's been up there, like this guy's unstoppable. He's a phenom. He's the, the next great thing, but then he has, he follows that practice up or that, you know, first week of the preseason up with a pretty damn down performance. And so I am worried that Kyle Shanahan's like, I know I have a Super Bowl roster. We almost, we were like a few right. plays away from making it last year with Jimmy G. And Jimmy G wins games, dude. He really does. And he's not a fantasy sex machine by any no, machine. No, no. Like, but uh, it, it's you have to take it into account. You can't I, – I, I'm not overly concerned to the point I'm not going to draft Trey Lance now. He's not off my list. But as you mentioned, the, the rope is definitely the leash, certainly shorter at this point um, because they can they, – they clearly can win with Jimmy G. So Lance really has to be showing like we can not only win, but I'm the guy that pushes us over that edge. 
I do think Lance has the athletic ability to do that. I think he could just be an absolute monster in this scheme. And then Jimmy G's like, thank you for the discount. We really appreciate it. You just drove Trey Lance four rounds cheaper than he was going for, and he's still the exact league winner we expected. There is so much upside that if this guy does play all 17 games, uh, he's going to be a monster. But there's also now a lot more concern. That- yeah, but if he plays all 17 games, that that also would suggest he's been performing at at least right. a certain level to have pulled that off. Because, like, let, let's say he has a bad first or, like, a mediocre to bad, say, first three games or four games. And they go one and two. Yeah, or one and three. We're going to see yeah. Jimmy G, right? He really could. And it definitely makes him a lot more concerning, especially in like best ball formats where, you know, if, if it happens, you can always pick up Jimmy G and use him or find another guy on the waiver wire in your regular leagues. But in best ball, you've now got Trey Lance is probably your QB one because he's going in round seven or eight ahead of Dak, ahead of Brady, ahead of some of those guys. That just can't be happening anymore. He has to get a bump down. I'd still take him as a, you know, QB 13, 14, but I need to have a Stafford, a Brady, a Dak. Like he's now my QB two that I really like, but I, I couldn't go in with him as like my locked in number one, maybe with like Cousins or Rogers or something like that. Jimmy G beat Aaron Rodgers in Lambeau, and they yeah. probably should have beaten the Rams. I know. <laughs> but he always chokes too, though. And I mean, it's, it's not like they beat Rodgers because of him. But he was the quarterback that was starting on that team. I yeah. mean, he got him to what? With the championship game, correct? Yeah, he did. And I mean, they probably should have beaten the Rams. And if he was they a really little better, and if he was a little better, they probably should have. They probably yeah, would have. Right. Exactly. So yeah. Uh, and now Brian Brian Martinez just jumped in and said the Niners play the Bears and Seahawks first two weeks. They'll be two and zero. Yes, they absolutely should be. But they what if what if they lose not. one of those? What if they lose even one of those games? That's a fucking joke. And because Trey Lance went went like eight for twenty six right. or something. Right. We'll see. That, I, I agree with you, Brian. They should win those first two games. I'm just I'm hyped. Really good point. Throwing some hypotheticals out. I'm glad we talked about it. Let's hit the mailbag. Let's do it. I thought we did that pretty well, Wolf. Yeah, absolutely. Fraser McDonald, how do you think I've drafted this year? Hertz, Eckler, Javante, Montgomery, Ramondre, Keenan Allen, AJ Brown, Ooh. Gabe Davis, Jerry Judy, Adam Thielen, Sky Moore. How do you um, have all Knox these? Knox and Irv Smith. How many I mean, teams is it? Just like, holy crap. I know. Is this like an eight, eight team league? <laughs> Keenan, um, AJ Brown, Gabe Davis, but you somehow have Eckler and Javante. And like, you got Judy and Thielen. In there and Montgomery's yeah. the work. Unbelievable team. That's an A. Like, I don't give out A's lightly. Unless this is like a fourteen league, then <laughs> this is an A. Like this is a phenomenal, phenomenal roster, top to bottom. Like not a weakness. There's nothing I would say you have to go out and get. Like you have Knox and Irv Smith are your weak point at tight end, but considering what's around them, because they're still like I still love Knox. So we gotta we gotta get in some of these Scottish drafting rooms. Maybe yeah, that's where the big money is. I love it. And Fraser, right. thanks again for your support on the draft guide. As we get to your questions, guys. ProStreetJournal.com slash draft dash guide. You can get my insight, my fantasy soul, projections, auction values, all updated. will be another update pushed through tomorrow uh, on that preseason draft guide. And it just supports the site. It helps you, you know, it, it, it just shows a little bit of appreciation, I guess. And, you know, a lot of you guys get in the DMs and we love that. And I love talking with you. But, man, like my time's getting tight. I know yours is too, Truth. It's going to be really hard to justify like continually answering questions for people in our DMs if you can't give us, you know, a twenty dollars support uh, type of thing. Buy us a couple beers, you know. That that it would go a long way. So 
please do consider it. It'd be so greatly appreciated. And I promise you, if you don't like it, you don't love it. Right. I'll refund you right away. I've already, yeah, I've no one's getting a refund. Your guy's awesome. There's some, uh, there's some weed stores around here selling really good eights for 20 bucks. Ooh. Just to give you a sense of looks like I got to come visit them. <laughs> everything, everything is more expensive now, except weed. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Denny Jennings. What's up boys. What's up, Denny. Great to we see got to see man. Denny for the first time last show. Yeah, that was great. We got to get some call-ins again. I know. Craig Sarno, what's up, boys? Craig, thanks for the donation <laughs> before. Uh, got my draft tomorrow. Can't wait. Trying to go back to back. Good job, Craig. Love it. Pulling love for it. you. Sorry. Uh, Jason Young, love the content, bro. Thank you, my thanks, man. Jason. Thanks J- for being here. Jason comments a lot. We're going to hear a lot from Jason coming up. Hell yeah, Johnny Lau. Here's Johnny. What up, Wolf and Truth? Good to see you, gents. Can't wait to defend my title. We got a lot of guys listening that are defending titles. Uh, yes. Looking forward to another exciting season with the RSJ crew. Thanks, man. I appreciate your loyalty. It's great to have you here. We had a pretty decent sized crowd the whole show today. Uh, I love it. Since we're you know still two weeks from the season or whatever. Um, and, and then you Jason, there and you have it. That thumbs up is a whether you get the guide or not. Thumbs up and subscription. You gotta give us at least easy ways up. to support us, and it's so greatly appreciated. It really does go a long way. Uh, Jason uh, says, "When's your next auction video?" I actually mentioned that earlier. I'm glad you enjoyed it so much. I don't know if we're going to do another one before the season, but I can tell you we definitely are going to be blowing up uh, the auction preview shows for next season. We'll, we'll, do, we'll do more than one. I mean, it's something a lot of people really enjoyed, and it's something that we did, I think, really well. And uh, yeah. and so, yeah, we're, we're going to well, do more auctions. We auction could content. do truth, and if it wouldn't you want require to, I'll do much it. prep, which we could just look at our auctions, the two that we've done. You know, we pull up your draft and the values that people went for, we pull up mine as well afterwards the values people went after and we can talk about, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> like what values we loved, how things flowed, where we got pinched in. Like I think a lot of strategy could just come from lo- reviewing oh. two different auction drafts and seeing how they compared like similarly and differently. You already mentioned like, I'm more than happy to do it. I would love, I would love to talk about my auction and get some uh, feedback and just kind of reactions from some people. So if you want to do that, we should probably do it with I'd love to. Ne- next few days, probably. My biggest, my big, big auction is next Tuesday. So that would probably be too okay. late. So maybe we do a review of the teams like Thursday or something this week. We'll figure I'll it do out. It. All right, Jason, you talked us into doing another auction video. We shall uh, for you, Jason. <laughs> Jason says, in a two-quarterback lead, would you be happy with Murray, Lance, and Goff as my three quarterbacks? Yes. As, as long as Lance holds on to that job, I would love it. Obviously, now it's a, a much bigger concern, though. Yeah. Goff is like one of my favorite like late round QB threes in, a, in that. Adam Weber, thoughts on trying to stack KC's wide receiver, specifically Moore Hardman or Valdez Scantling. See, if I'm trying to stack KC, I, I want it to be Juju. Yeah, I want it I to certainly be, Juju want it to be Kelsey. Kelsey. Right. right. Obviously, Kelsey's the number one. Of those guys, like I think Moore comes into value later and looks better. Valdez Scantling does have that deep speed if he doesn't just drop everything that's thrown his way again. If I'm trying to stack these guys, though, I'm going with Kelsey or at worst Juju round five range. I'm not in love with any of those guys. Me either. Jason says Pierce's ADP is climbing fast. Daniel Howland responds, my Sunday auction draft, Pierce went for $57. That's sickening. That's I mean, I love Pierce. I I mean, there were probably six guys maybe in my auction or, or maybe six to eight guys that went for that money. Right. Like that's, Certainly, he was not one of them. Money. I said, funny. And then Jason says for 20 bucks, he has to be my RB2. I don't agree with that. Um, my RB2. That could be I, your flex. I paid 39 for my RB2, and I felt pretty good about it. 
Yeah, I paid 45 for Fournette as my RB2, 63 for Eckler as my RB1. And I yeah. love it. I, and I, I really I, like both of our teams, Truth. We got Fournette was also five. my RB2. And it's funny because I had absolutely no interest in Fournette going in. I mean, I, I didn't like hate him, but he wasn't on any of my target lists. And then yeah. running backs started going. And then all of a sudden there he was. And it was like, I, I thought I was going to get him for like 36. And I was like, I can't pass up on this. He's a legit starting running back. Got him for 39. Felt pretty good about that. Like that a lot. Got Kamara, Kamara for 61. So I spent 100 on my two running backs. Yeah. Daniel Howland is McKissick an ad with the Robinson news. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's kind of an ad anyways. They're, they're different roles, but this is just another path to volume for McKissick, especially if Gibson got hurt. Now he's like the future guy. So, yeah, absolutely. I like McKissick. Jason says, I feel like he is because Washington obviously doesn't have much faith in Gibson. No, but like we said, Gibson's going to get his shot. So, yeah, we'll see what happens. Jason says, I like Pickens. Would like him more if he wasn't on the Steelers. I, I guess so. I, I, yes and no. I mean, the quarterback situation, not great. But, I mean, the Steelers produce great wide receivers, right? Yeah. I, I mean, Deontay will probably be the number one. But there's no reason Pickens, at least within a couple of years, can't take over. And there's a stat. I don't remember the exact numbers. I think it was like a, 13 of like the last 15 years, the Steelers wide receiver one had seen at least 140 targets. And, you know, I know Antonio Brown dictates that. He's so damn good. But, like. Still, that's kind of the role. Deontay Johnson's walked into 160 and 150 targets back-to-back years. So who says that's not Pickens in a year or two? Maybe even this year. He's so freaking good. And as bad as the quarterback situation might be in Pittsburgh, I don't think there's any way it could be as bad as it was last year. Yeah. I, I think it's almost right. impossible. And they went to the freaking playoffs. Oh, my yeah. God. Um, and then he says, uh, talking about Robinson, he already he's already back to the Washington facility, lower left and gluten. He'll probably be back in the week six, seven range. We talked about that before. <laughs> Quick hyping up by the Wolf's Guide. Please do it. Cheers. We've said it a bunch of times. We can't really say it too many times. It's great. If you haven't bought it, buy it. Helps <laughs> us. And I mean, so it, it really it really is very good. And also, the Wolf mentioned this earlier. It updates as the season goes. So, I mean, like, when he updates this thing, changes it, like, you bought the guide, you get the update. It's not like then you have an outdated right. version. Exactly. It. So, it's cool. It's awesome. Um, Jason says, can Rojo hold on to the ball? Probably not. <laughs> I, I'm not into Rojo himself. It's just a matter of what he does to hurt the others around him. Jason says Akers came back too early last year. I think he did more bad than good rushing or recovery. Probably. I think that you're right. And at the same time, like the Wolf said, no one's ever come back from it particularly well, no matter how long they waited. So we'll see. Yeah. Nine or nine says Julio late. No. I mean, Tom Brady did just recently say he's an elite receiver. He's easy to connect with. So I mean, maybe, but I, I don't love where he goes. He doesn't go there's late. A lot, the there's a lot. Of, I know he's Julio Jones, but yeah, there's he, there's real receivers on the Buccaneers. Right. I don't know. Steven Jones says, I'll be here. Me either. Toon says, Gallup or Brian Robinson in my only IR spot. I'm dropping the other. Who do you like? I, that does come down to team need because they're right. right neck and neck. I, in a vacuum, I probably do prefer Gallup because I just don't know when Robinson's going to be back. At least with Gallup, we have a somewhat of a timeline, a couple weeks or so. But, yeah. Uh, you just like Gallup more because he hasn't been shot. That's also true. <laughs> right. Um, Jason, is Mooney going to be able to handle wide receiver one work? Well, we're going to find out. I think so. I mean, he, he separates really, really well. He worked a lot on adding a little bit of bulk without losing that separation skills. I'm a big fan of Mooney, yeah. He's grown on me a little bit too, and you know I want nothing to do with the Bears, generally speaking. Yeah, and he says the upside with Fields is his rushing. Obviously, uh, Wolf's always you know hard on for the Konami 
Fields does have some of that. He sure does. Daniel, who has the better season, Jalen Tolbert or David Bell? Tolbert's in the much better offense. You know, if Watson was playing all year, so like long term, I'd probably like Bell more. But this year, I'd take the stab on, especially with Gallup banged up, I'd take the, the stab on Tal- Tolbert. Willie G. Massey, I know this guy. Oh, yeah. Traded Elijah. Oh, yeah. He's nice. in my auction. Uh, he, he loves RSJ. He listens to all, all your stuff. Uh, nice. Traded Elijah Mitchell and Damian Harris for Deontay Johnson. How do you think I did? My team is a little running back heavy, and the other team had no running back depth at all. I think you got the best player in the deal. And, I mean, yeah, he picked up a couple, two good running backs. Seems like the rare trade that's, like, kind of fair for both sides if you had good running back depth at least. It's tough to know without knowing your running backs. But, yeah, I think that's a pretty good deal. One thing I can tell you about this guy is, is he has monster receivers. I think he has. I think his top two receivers are Diggs and Debo. Oh, nice. Now he's, now he's got Deontay Johnson. Will knows what he's doing, damn. <laughs> well, he listens to a lot of RSJ, and he's a pretty pretty smart guy. Nice. Uh, Frazier McDonald, sorry for the shitty question earlier. It's all right. Oh, it wasn't shitty. You're thinking, good, Frazier. Thinking about trading Montgomery, who should I be targeting in his value range? Maybe like at Ayuk. Or- Are you trying to trade him for – it's so funny you put them in the same value range because like Ayuk is like a guy you could potentially get for like Anywhere from like two to eight dollars. I know auction and Montgomery's like carrying like at least a thirty dollar price tag, which is just so off. Like he shouldn't be that much. Um, I I think you're looking more at like packaging Montgomery with another player to then upgrade big. Like you had such good depth. A lateral move with Montgomery is probably not going to add anything that greatly improves your team. But if you're doing like Keenan Allen and Montgomery and you get like Cooper Cup or you know like I don't know if a team would actually do that. It's probably a stretch, but you someone like a, a Diggs or a Adam, you know, mm-hmm. getting that like elite receiver one, that could be the play. Adam's went for a lot of money in my auction. Yeah, he's I mean, one of those guys. Yeah, but he's one of those guys. I was like, I'm nominating this guy because I don't want him, and I wanted yeah. a bunch of money to get sucked out. A bunch of yeah. money got sucked out. People love the guy. Brian Martinez. It's never consistent with the Pats running backs. Always touchdown or bust. I know, but there's a lot of touchdowns. Like, I mean, 15 for Harris last year. 30 overall team points per game. Like they, and that's the tough part is you don't know who's going to be, but there's often a lot of pie there and they go cheap because of the confusion. So it's worth buying. They go cheap for a reason. Remember Jonas Gray? (laughs) Yeah, four touchdowns against the Colts. Yeah. He won someone a million bucks that night. I thought it was five. It might have been. It really could have. And then he overslept and you got cut the next day. Yeah. And then he was like, I didn't ever play football again or something like that. (laughs) He actually came Um, to Kip. You remember that? I remember uh, – you remember uh, George, the guy we worked with? He sh- and he showed up late <laughs> right yeah. when Jonas Gray was supposed to come. <laughs> yep. I, right. He was very on brand. Very on brand. <laughs> uh, ML oh. says, Ramondre is PFF number three overall. Rushing grade last year is hard to pass up. I do like Pierce, but Ramondre I like a little bit more. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That's, he, that's reasonable. Number three, I forgot that he was even that high. That's pretty damn good. That's reasonable. Brandon Uthman, what's up? I'm looking at Isaiah Likely in late rounds as a possible steal at tight end. I think he's too talented of an athlete and a root runner to keep off the field in that offense. Am I reaching to believe he could actually be their number two target behind Andrews? I think you're reaching a little bit in the sense yeah. that Bateman will be the number two. Uh, but yeah. after them, they're saying he could be the number three. And now, can this pie sustain three mouths? Probably not consistently. But you're also getting, if something happens to Andrews, now you're getting the number two guy, like in a great tight end friendly. Well, you're getting the number one tight end in an offense that is largely centered around the tight end. Yeah, I mean, like you are, like 
Yeah, the Andrews injury makes it right. Kind, so he, kind he's of just a weird. There's not very often you'll get a handcuff with benefits at tight end. He's one of them because he is really good. He's from Everett too. I don't know if you know that truth. An Everett boy. I didn't know uh, that. Isaiah Likely, yeah, local product. Um, he's the man. I mean, he's really, really good. He's probably going to be number three. I project him to be number three in targets in my projection. So yeah, I'm there. Uh, and the real ceiling would be if an injury happens, but you'll get some spike weeks even without it, especially in best ball when you don't have to predict it. Jason says they might use likely in the slot. Who knows? Seems li- seems likely. <laughs> <laughs> there you uh, go. There you go. Not bad. Not bad. Jeffrey Lee says, sup boys. How about some Naheem Hines this year? How about it? <laughs> Good to see Jeff Lee. I mean, funny, funny guy to be like, let's talk about Naheem Hines with such enthusiasm. Uh, but I love you, Jeff. You're always a great fan. So good to see you. Um, I do like Naeem Hines somewhat. Like I think he's a the he's like a re- he's like a rich man's Jarek McKinnon. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the one thing I don't like about like, if he goes ahead of Daryl Henderson, I don't like that. I think no. Daryl Henderson has a big ceiling. But I like what Hines bring, Naeem Hines brings to the table. They've talked about how going to be featured in the passing game this year. Just two seasons ago, scored you know 165 half PPR points, was a top 15 PPR running back. Taylor was on the roster then. Now, I know Taylor has certainly ascended to a much more prominent role than he was back then, but Matt Ryan loves throwing to the running back, whereas Wentz has like an 8% target rate to the running back. We had no Matt Ryan targeting running backs 25% of the time across multiple years in Atlanta. So I do think Hines gets a nice big spike, a nice usable guy. And then, of course, if something ever happened to Taylor, like he's a little bit more of a handcuff than just like, I'm only going to be the passing down guy. He could end up ascending onto that role. So, I, yeah, I mean, there's a lot to like about Naeem Hines, certainly at his price. If you missed our episode with um, Pat Fitzmorris, he has a great rant about Naeem Hines and why he's a great sleeper. So check that one out if you missed it, Jeff. There's a bunch of podcasts that we should just call these like um, like this three-week series, the ones we do, the ones where you're bringing in the experts. We should find some like catchy name for them, like in the, the run-up to the football season batch. If you haven't listened to all of those, you should listen to all of them. They're all really yeah. good. And they're all like, still you know, very relevant I'm, for the most no, part. They're, they're going to be relevant until you get to the, your draft or the season or whatever. Like I'm in a few of them, but there's a bunch with other bigger names in the industry. They're yeah, all really, they're all really great. Good. Though. They're all great. <laughs> they're all really good. You should listen to all of them. Legit. Uh, Brian Martinez, buy the dip on Lance. Okay. Yeah. We'll see I, Brian. I, I'm with you. I, that's, I, I don't think he loses much time. And I think this drives his price down by like three to four rounds. I'm in on it. Willie G says Jimmy G is high floor, low ceiling. Um, that's what he is. Yeah, that's exactly him. what he is. He's a game manager. Brian Manderson, uh, yeah, he said the Bears and Seahawks first two yep. weeks. Jack says, glad to be back, fellas. Cannot wait to draft. All right, Jack. Looking forward to hearing Let's about Let's go, it. Jack. Good to see you, man. Daniel says, it's the best football guide I ever bought. Took your advice and passed yeah. on Hall and Gabe Davis and St. Brown. Um, it, it's the best It's the best guide I've ever I didn't buy it because I proofread it. So I, yeah. <laughs> I, I got my copy complimentary, but it is the best. It's the best guide I've come across ever. Um, and like I said, it's Thank up to date. It, it updates, it updates. So, I mean, like it's always going to be the most current thing. You're not going to have an outdated guide until the season's underway. Yeah. Japs, do I keep Elijah Moore and lose the 11th round or no keeper at all? Mm. Is Elijah Moore worth an 11th rounder to you? I would, yeah. I mean, if it's no keeper all or not, yeah. I mean, I draft him around round six, seven, so you're gaining four to yeah. five rounds of value. Absolutely, yeah. Why not? <laughs> Fraser said it was a ten team league. Okay, I was uh, thought if it was twelve, it was a little too stacked. And it was I twelve. Guess. That's too sad. But I even ten, that was a sexy. Yeah, one. ten, ten's still solid. Oh, it's a, it was keepers pick. too. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Right. Okay. I had the fourth pick. I got Eckler. 
Javante and Montgomery were mid-round keepers, targeted wide receivers. All right, makes sense how you were able to build that team now. Still yeah. a good spot. Thanks Still for the clarification. Absolute monster. Jeremy says, hey, Wolf, love the content as always. Been following all the content closely. I've gotten picked. Thank you, eight, I've got eight spot in all three of my 10-man leagues. Would appreciate a mock draft. Eighth pick, 10-man PPR. Right. <laughs> I mean, I, I obviously can't rip a mock draft off the top of my head, but I will say – you know, to start it, I'll give you the first five rounds of what I'd ideally look for. You're gonna, Down you're gonna be like, oh, I'll just give you like a couple, and next thing we know, you're gonna have gone like forty picks. Pick twenty five. <laughs> right. Well, it depends. It depends if there's been a run on receivers at that yes, point. Yes, exactly. I know it's PPR, but I still ideally you're getting a couple running backs there. I don't know if you think Kamara is gonna fall to round two. If not, you could even consider him there at eight. Um, I, I definitely go horses. I prefer Dalvin Cook. I really like him in that range. Maybe you went CD Lamb round two, but I, I like going running back, running back. Kyle Pitts round three, sneak that one in there. If not him, maybe Pittman, maybe Sutton. Uh, Gabe Davis, Allen Robinson, you know, fourth, fifth round. Bam, you started with two horses early, three, two to three great receivers along with Pitts would be awesome. I'm on Ross St. Brown round six. Bam, now you got all three receivers. You got your tight end. You got your two running backs. I'm cutting it at six because I can see you grinning there, Truth. Like, because I know, I know where, where I know where it's going. You're like a savant. You're like, <laughs> exactly. Rain, you're like Rain Man. Hey, you want to hear something hilarious that yes. somebody did in our auction draft? <clears throat> All right. So he bought Justin Tucker for six dollars. Oh. And then surprised everyone when a couple rounds later bought Evan McPherson for five dollars. What the hell? What so, a moron. So, yes, moron times a million. You want to know the most hilarious thing about them? <laughs> yes. The same bye week. Oh, my God. What an idiot. <laughs> I mean, it's like even if they didn't, it would make no sense at all. Yeah, but it's like I don't want to lose Justin Tucker when I drop him. It's like, yeah, you, they have the same fucking bye week. You fucking oh. idiot. Anyway. That's just one of the – I hope his team just – it goes 0-17. I, I hope so. He's, he has a little bit of a history of drafting erratically. Yeah, that's uh, clearly. <laughs> there's always one guy like that. Smash the like button. Let's go, Jack. Thank appreciate you, Jack. It. Much appreciated as Boone always. Boone says we could do a live RSJ auction draft. I was thinking about <clears throat> an RSJ auction draft and just what a bloodbath it would be. Yeah, it will be. I like, think it's got to be next year, but, yes, we absolutely should. It'll be. Great. I just don't even – I don't even know what would happen. Like, <laughs> and I'm not sure the internet's ready for it. No. All right. Daniel says, I have Lance and Hurts. I'm pick. I'm hurting at running back. I uh, Taylor, Mixon, Robinson. I mean, you have Taylor and Mixon, you're not hurting that bad. Robinson and Rashad right. White. Would you trade Lance for Dylan? Yes. And pick up Goff. Absolutely. I'd trade 100%. Lance for Dylan in, in a second. Wouldn't bl- bat an eye. Like, I would do that even if you weren't hurting. Especially now the new Jimmy G news, but like even beforehand, even yes. before that, absolutely. I, yes. I, I'm much, I value Dylan much more than Trey Lance. Yes, absolutely. Uh, Brian Martinez, more upside Fields or Lawrence? Oh, oh, definitely Fields with the running upside. Like Lawrence, better offense, better play call, but Fields because of the Konami stuff. Last but not least, Tunes. I'm driving two and a half hours one way for a live draft on Sunday. Hopefully, it's not a waste of five hours. I got to get back to the ship. And I said it was last, tip. but it's not. Yes. Jeremy said I watched a ton of your videos with Ian Harditz. Cheers, Jeremy. I'm glad. Harditz is one of the best. It's such a fun show with him every single time. Well, guys, thank you so, so, so much. As always, grocerygournal.com, all the content, the rankings, all that good stuff. We'll be live again. I like that idea of reviewing our auctions. It seems like people like the auction content, uh, got good views, good traction. So I'm happy to review a couple auctions. Maybe we can even have some listeners submit their like auction 
values uh, and and go through theirs and kind of grade and critique their auction teams and whatnot. Um, I love it. So we'll, we'll look for that show. Uh, we have a bunch of drafts coming up, so it does get a little tight here. I'm back to school too, so timing does get a little tight now, uh, unfortunately. But everything guide will be updated tomorrow, all that good stuff. You can find it at roastreetjournal.com slash draft guide, draft dash guide uh, to be specific. Only 20 bucks, I think, as people in the comments saying, and I appreciate that so much, the best guide they've ever bought. Thank you guys so much for your kind words. It really does mean a lot. Uh, but, yeah, if you didn't already, that like, that sub, visit rosaryjournal.com to find all my rankings, all our great content that all our great writers are producing all the time. And a wolf world full of fancy sheep. Be the wolf. Later, Later. guys. See you. We used to have it all, but now's our curtain call. So hold for the applause. Oh, 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 oh. And wave out to the crowd and take our final bow. Oh, it's our time to go, but at least we stole the show. 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 Second effort, third effort, touchdown! Oh. That's pretty awesome. That's old-fashioned football right there, folks.